Hey listeners. In our podcast, we tell stories of true crime and hauntings, and these stories can sometimes contain gruesome and explicit details. This podcast is not intended for listeners who may not want to listen to the graphic description of true crime events. It may cause triggers. Our hosts are by no means experts on any subject matter they discuss. They're just two friends telling you true stories from our home in the Pacific Northwest. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Or don't. That's okay, too. If we could just be on, like, if we'd keep, the land keep, I is fucking gone. love that song. And the moon is the only light we see. And darling, darling, stand by me. Oh, oh shit. <laughs> I hit the thing again. Whoopsie. God damn it. That's what happens when. Way to ruin a moment. Rebecca's not here. Are we recording? Yep. Oh, good. Look at you go. I know Rebecca would be so proud. She's proud. I know she's proud. Hi, she, Rebecca. Hi, Rebecca. <clears throat> we miss you. I know. She's um. She's going to be away next week as well. What the flying? Where's her priorities? She <laughs> needs a break. She's from going us? on a break. Wait, from us? No, from her life. I think she's just going on holidays with her boyfriend. Oh, that's cool. I, I can respect that. Yeah. But Rebecca. we all need a holiday. Don't we all? Tell me about it. Let's go to Mexico. Fuck mm. this shit. Mm-hmm. Where's the first place that you're going to want to go after COVID's over? Oh, what a co- with my children? Yeah, or like Actually, whatever. Actually, we have talked about going to Vegas because we've never gone to Vegas. And I've heard some really cool things. There's cool stuff for kids to do, too. Oregon. You guys never got to go to Oregon. That's right. We were going. That's right before COVID. That's what we had yeah. planned. So, I would love to do that drive. Yeah. And we want to go to India. And yeah. I want to go to Costa Rica. So we have a lot of things on our list. But first on the list, oh, Vegas. Well, I, I don't know if it's first on the list now that I say it like that. No. Well, thanks for asking because I would <laughs> like to go. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. How about you, Kez? Where would you like to go? I want to do an all-inclusive trip to Mexico. That would be Because nice. I've never done an all-inclusive and I've never been to Mexico. Okay. I want to go diving with sea turtles and I want to eat... Mexican food in Mexico. That's, I mean, that's an amazing plan. I have done um, that before, but they had like no Mexican food at the. What? Yeah, that I I mean, maybe I'm remembering poorly, but we went and it was all inclusive and all the food was like mac and cheese. It was like North American food cuisine. I don't know how you want to say it. Canadian. (laughs) It was like my food, the food I make for my children when I don't have time. Oh, aiming high, aiming high. What is that? Oh, you gotta light Jesus. Oh, don't tell me what to do. Light Jesus. Hey, I laid. I li- I did this last time. Oh, is that my turn? Oh, I don't know if I did. Yeah, you did. go ahead. I'm doing it. I got a pen in my hand and a phone in the other, so I have no room for candles. He has been lit. He hath been light lightened. Um, is it offensive to say like? You need to blow Jesus at the end of our... Um, I thought it was funny because people could interpret it that way. But if you're here and you know that we were just lighting and blowing out candles, then you get it. But I thought it would. I thought it was funny. Okay. I mean, I obviously thought because it was Because we know we're just blowing out a candle. But there's sick minds out there that probably think we're talking about, you know, the sure. other kind. What, other, what, are you, what are you talking about? Um, so speaking of traveling, <laughs> um, I have a crazy fact. So there's... 
tons of floods in Australia mm. right now, mm -hmm. and it's causing spiders and snakes to swarm into people's homes. Oh my god! And literally any dry spot that they can find. So there, look at this picture. All that brown is all spiders. Oh, that is so not okay. Like hundreds of thousands of spiders. Now and and like I'm looking at this photo and I'm just trying to imagine them all moving. Yeah. So uh, what is that thing? I think it's a cricket. That's fucking huge. Isn't that disgusting? So also that the is... snakes. So the snakes are climbing into trees. Okay. And so if people paddle by, they're looking for dry spots. So they'll like jump the out of the, the trees snake? onto people's boat like slingshots and, itself or they'll jump out and they'll swim towards and they'll climb into and onto anything floating by and the spiders no not in my fucking house they wouldn't if i'm so, driving my boat by i would tomahawk the shit out of those guys also that cricket is the size of my third born thank you for my <laughs> my nightmare i'm gonna have though after that well you know snakes and spiders are kind of a topic of discussion i'm okay with them doing their thing like normal, but as soon as they're filling every dry space on Earth, I'm not okay anymore. And fl slingshotting themselves into our moving vehicles. That's disgusting. Yeah, it's not good. That's not okay. But that's why we live in Canada, so we don't have Is to Is that why we that. live in Canada? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, okay. I have a couple things I need to get off my chest. Oh. <laughs> okay. Good thing I'm sitting down. Let okay. Let me give you all of my attention. Okay, I'm ready. So, the first thing... Um, when I was telling the Sasquatch story that I had a Sasquatch sighting. The lie you told the me? The lie I told you. That's actually a true story, but it involves a grizzly bear. So that did happen to me, but it was with a grizzly bear and her cubs. So oh, okay. I just turned it into a Sasquatch story. Because you know what? You did have me fooled because the delivery of the story was so on point. Yeah. So that makes sense. So I wanted to clear the air with you and our listeners <laughs> about that. Okay. Um, I appreciate that. The other question I've really been meaning to ask you, Darla, <laughs> mm -hmm. is um, how do you feel about anchovies on pizza? Uh, I can't say I've ever had them on pizza. What? You Have you had them on pizza? All the time. I thought that was just something the Ninja Turtles did. No. no it's I... something that everybody did. Who? All the pizza places. I've never had anchovies on pizza. Well, it's not a thing anymore. You can't get them anymore. Do you know what I do? I go and buy them from the grocery store, and I put them on my pizza. Why? Because I am obsessed with anchovies on pizza. Do they actually look like little fish? They're little, oily little fish. Ew, and you lay them Kezia. out. You can lay one out on each slice, and it's just a salty little morsel of delight. What the fuck, man? I thought I knew you. That's really weird. I might be one out of every 30 people. This is going to be, I'm going to put this out on Instagram and get and, and see. Yeah. We'll see who the numbers. Likes, who yeah. likes anchovies? Absolutely. We got some really good answers. Um, I asked about your the, the scary movie that traumatized you as a child. Yes. And we got a lot of good so, feedback on that. Ernest Scared Stupid? Like yeah, that, that movie that is a me... comedy. I guess it depends how old you were when you saw it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I guess when so. you're older, it might be funny, but if you're like five and and you're watching with like older siblings, maybe it fucking scared the shit out of you. And Kindergarten Cop. Uh, well, the reasoning for the Kindergarten Cop was because of the bad guy with the slick, the slick back ponytail. And I can vouch like this. I understand why he's so creepy. The part where Arnold Schwarzenegger is 
like fell asleep on the desk and he's dreaming and it's like raining. Oh yeah. And then there's this like guy with his gross ponytail and he's like standing in the rain and then he also lifts up a gun. Yes. That's pretty scary. That is pretty so scary. I think that's what traumatized her. Plus this person I know the person that said that one and she's a sweet, sweet, lovely woman. And I can see why that movie scared her. <laughs> that that was hilarious. Jaws, hundred percent. Yep. That is still like it's. I'm still scared to go in the ocean. Um. Did you see? There's two of them that were. Uh. What is it? The peanut butter something. I don't I even know what that is. And I can tell you. You want to know who did that movie? Yeah. The Steel Sisters. Both they of both them. Sent that they to both you? sent it separately, and they didn't realize they had said the same thing because. Okay. Danielle what? sent it the second time. What and was then that movie? Can we say it again the, out loud? The. It's like the great peanut butter mistake or something weird. Only this. Yeah. The peanut butter solution. A hair raising comedy adventure. I don't know what that is. If you guys have seen that. I'm going to look it up right now. I want a synopsis. (laughs) Can you give can you give us a synopsis? Because that is just weird and bizarre. Okay, you know why I haven't seen this movie, but okay, The Peanut Butter Solution, I know why it's scary because it was made in 1985 and most children movies made in 85 are terrifying. Think of like, what is that one where the horse dies? The Neverending Story? Yeah. That's kind of creepy. Um, Atreyu. 84, yeah. That movie gives me creepy vibes. It's, it's 84. It's because of the like weird puppet creatures. Yeah, exactly. Like, like The Labyrinth. I will never watch that movie. I would think it's disgusting. Those puppets freak me out and so i think the dark crystal yes that's what i'm thinking of grossest movie and ever made and how and what year do you think that was i'm sure that was i around. don't know 80 something so yeah 82 yuck so those that movie gave kid me the movies no in feeling. the 80s that weren't cartoons so the live action kid movies in the 80s are the scariest shit yeah. out there right now so i think that's where the peanut butter solution comes from although i haven't seen it so i don't really know what's the synopsis do we really okay a ghost restores a boy's hair when it falls out from fright, but then it won't stop growing. That is terrifying. Are you kidding me? Okay, can you put that on their list of movies to watch? Also, you know what we need to watch? I was listening to a podcast. Gross, I don't like this That one, one I was telling you about earlier. They were talking about Pinocchio. Like the OG Pinocchio? Yeah, they mm-hmm. said, and they described the plot of the movie in detail, and it sounds like super messed up so i want to watch that movie again okay like soon like the cartoon the cartoon just the whole like the whole way it goes down and everything so when i was i can't remember what grade i was in but our teacher read us the real pinocchio um so there's the pinocchio the disney version the story yeah, that one then they there's a book like the original story pinocchio is awful it is awful it's like very messed up yeah do you not remember Pinocchio the cartoon? A little bit. I want to. Well, I do. I just want to watch it again. I okay. just want to like visually see it again. It. I don't have a good feeling about that movie. Like no. I'll watch it with you, but I have watched it when I was a kid, and I didn't like it. It wasn't enjoyable to watch. It's not like a. You know when you watch like Frozen and Moana, and yeah. you're like, it's a, you feel good by the end of it. Pinocchio, you do not feel good by the end of that movie, even though he becomes a real boy. Spoiler. Sorry. Oh, I think everybody knows. Maybe that. they don't. <laughs> Okay, let's have a cheers. Cheers, my friend. What are you drinking tonight? Oh, just the classic red wine. Um, you know, it's a tasty Shiraz. Jackson Triggs. No big deal. Jackson Triggs. Um, I found a new favorite beer. It's by Phillips. They make great beers all Phillips around. Phillips Brewery. Love it. And their labels are amazing. So this is a grapefruit sour. Guys, if you like sours, go get the Phillips Oro Blanco Grapefruit Sour. It is <laughs> next level. 
amazing. And it's only 4.2%. So you can have a few and not get silly. No, because I don't like when you get silly. It offends me. I don't like it when I get silly because no. I am just a silly guy. <laughs> You're such a silly guy. What's your favorite child cereal? Oh. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly... This is going to sound super weird, but I love Weetabix. Oh, yeah, you're right. That sounded really weird. I said um, children's cereal, not granny cereal. No, I it is. Do you take your teeth out before you eat it? <laughs> <laughs> I used to put it in some milk and then put it in the microwave, and then it gets warm, and it's like this warm, mushy. You could just make oatmeal and stop being weird about it. I don't like it. it, oatmeal. Like, it's different. Weetabix. I'm sorry I asked this question. Okay, what's yours? Obviously, Mrs. Fruit Loop. Obviously, Cinnamon Toast Crunch. <gasps> like every other human that lived, that grew up in the 90s. That's their cereal. That was a good that one. Captain cereal. Crunch. I love Captain Crunch. What well, else? that I loved it when I was little. I, I don't think I've, the kids have tried Captain Crunch Cocoa yet. Cocoa Puffs. That marshmallow no. one was gross. I'm sorry, Lucky Charms. Yeah. Did you just say Lucky Charms are gross? Yeah. I don't think I can do this with you anymore. <laughs> I gotta go. I'm out. <laughs> Bye. Welcome to Radio Face Stories with Jess Kezia. The Lucky Charms hater. <laughs> I don't hate them. They're just... You just said they were gross. I don't... Hate's a strong word. That's a, I gotta write this down. That's another question. What was our other first question? We had a question? <laughs> yes. It will come back. No. It was about um, anchovies on pizza. Oh, good one. Anchovies. Yay or nay. And and are Lucky Charms gross? Are we able to say what was your favorite childhood cereal? Yeah. Okay. Fave kid cereal. But you're weird. That's the official verdict on that, Kez. Well, I like anchovies and Weetabix. So, I mean, and I'm standing by my colon. This is what's up. Oh, God. You know what? <laughs> I think it is why I love you. Because um, you're weird as fuck. I know. And I think people can appreciate that because there's got to be one listener out there that's on my level. That's like, you're right. I'd have anchovies over Lucky Charms any day. Would you not now? Inst- like, inst- I mean, like, anchovies and milk instead of. Would you of have like, Weetabix now over Lucky Charms? If I had the option? Yeah. No. <laughs> okay, should we start our podcast? Probably. Oh, by the way, I'm Kezia. And I'm Darla. And this is Radio Face Stories. The podcast. Where we, we are... tell you... We're just like scholars. Yeah. So Gentlemen. sit down and get yeah. ready to learn. Fuck off, Kezia. You're not very you good. good at you see, I think too fast. fast. You can't you follow what I'm going to say. <laughs> you did it. You did it. Fuck off. I live I with children. children. I know, I what, know this what this is like. This is my everyday. I am constantly irritated. Okay, so we we should let them know. We're only gonna rock, paper, scissors, bust out of one now. We thought you guys were sick of listening us listening to us tie like Especially seven when times. It takes eighteen <laughs> times. We're here for you guys. We uh we wanna make you happy. Everything we do, we do for you. Brian Adams said it first. Like <laughs> like throwing ourselves into haunted hotels. Almost and getting hit by not a bus. To die. Yep. And um we doing it for you guys and that was fun. It was fun. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. It's a little different than our normal thing, mm-hmm. but uh, it was an interesting experience, and I'm glad we did it. I'm glad we did it too, and I'm glad we did it together. Yeah, yours. Okay, okay. Rock paper scissors. Rock paper scissors. God damn it! Rock paper scissors. Yes. Rock to the scissor. Paper to my nizzle. And Kezia's last. That didn't rhyme. It doesn't matter. You're not Snoop.
It'd be a lot cooler if I was. It would be so much cooler. Imagine if I was Snoop. <laughs> a shizzle, my nizzle. My arm so fizzle. Okay, I need it. Your yeah, arm so fizzle? <laughs> it's a good thing you're not Snoop. I think I need it. No, I'm good. I'll <laughs> wait for break time. Okay, tell me your story, dog. Okay, my story my story is a, is brutal. It's awful. So I'm doing the story of the murder of Don Shaw. Have you heard of this little person? No. No. Okay, and uh, the killer's name is Jason Gamash. So I actually am friends with a person that went to school with him. Is this so, an Nanaimo story? Um, it takes place in Courtney. Um, okay. some of it takes the name place in, sounds familiar. Some of it takes place in Nanaimo. He had a brother, I think, that lived here. Okay. Okay, so Courtney uh, is located on the east coast of Vancouver Island. It's in, it's in the Comox Valley region. And um, our story starts with a little girl named Dawn Shaw. She was six years old and lived in some low-income housing um, in Courtney. So it was like townhouses, and it was near her school, which was Glacier View Elementary School, which is in Courtney. Okay. So there's lots of children um, where Don lived in the same little complex, and so they often would be outside playing together and near the school, and there was, I guess, a wood a wooded area nearby, and they played. And this is, our story takes place uh, in 1992. So that's about, we're about the same age as her. So the man, a man named Lloyd Doucette was watching a baseball game, and this is relevant because this is October 24th, 1992. Happens to be the day that the B- Toronto Blue Jays played the Atlanta Braves uh, for the World Series. And why this matters is my dad loves baseball. And this happens to be, if the Blue Jays won that game, that they would be the first Canadian team to have won the World Series. Oh, wow. So uh, the stat is that three out of five Canadians were actually watching that game that night. Whoa. So that's a lot of people. For sure. Right. So And the Blue Jays did win that night. Oh, hello. Yeah, because he's excited now. Just a few decades too late. That's fine. It's cool. I'm sure I know what my dad was doing that night. He was watching baseball. So this man, Lloyd Doucette, he was also watching the game. And he got up to get a beer. And he noticed out his window as he was going back to his seat that he saw Dawn because he knows the children of the area, and she was walking through the parking lot, and there was no other kids around, so I think that maybe just, you know, he remembered that moment. Mm-hmm. And he sat back down and continued watching his game. 45 minutes later, someone knocks on the door and lets him know that Don is missing, and if he had seen her at all. So he promptly stops watching the game and puts his jacket on and heads out to help, you know, find this little girl. How is she? She's six. Okay. Sorry, I don't know if I said that. She's I, six. I, yeah, I think you did. Okay. Just... All the neighbors teamed up together. The police were called. She's been missing for an hour or so. Um, one of the neighbor boys, uh, he's older. He's 15, I think. He offered to babysit some of the other kids while the parents went and searched for Dawn. Uh, at 22.40 hours, which is what? 10 um, o'clock. <laughs> yeah. <you're laughs> 10, right. 10.40. Yeah. Let's just say... At close to 11 o'clock that night, her body was found naked and lifeless in the wooded area behind her house. An autopsy was done. Dawn had suffered a brutal beating and sexual molestation. Little Dawn Shaw had broken ribs and shoe print marks on her face and abdomen. She had internal injuries like a perforated sternum and liver. Oh my goodness. So they found hair 
and clothing fibers on her body that did not belong to her, and the shoe print found on her chest um, matched the uh, shoe print left at the crime scene. So that's basically what they had to go with. Mm-hmm. And they realized right away that this was obviously done by someone that lived in the area, a Courtney resident, because she, had, you know, before, she hadn't gone missing very long before they found her. So it was all done real quick. Mm-hmm. Some of the children said they had noticed a drunk man wandering around the school, but no other people could really back this up, and that lead went nowhere. The shoe print that they found on her body and at the crime scene came from an L.A. Gear catapult shoe, which was a super popular shoe for the youth at the time. I actually Googled this shoe, though, because I just wanted to see what it looked like, and mm-hmm. it, was, it was a pretty sweet kick. Like, I feel like I remember that name. Yeah, I'll show you a picture of it after. They're, okay. they're pretty cool. I don't think they make them anymore, though. So after they had no leads, um, they decided to interrogate Jason Gamash um, regarding the drunk man that the other children had seen because he was also a child in the area. He's just older than them. And he was babysitting some of the other kids when they were searching for Don. So they thought maybe he would, had seen something as well. He claimed to not have seen the man. But an agent uh, that was present during the interrogation noticed that Jason was very emotional about what was going on, but he was detached. So it seemed really off. Uh, and he actually said, he noted in his notebook that there was something very strange about Jason Gamash. Right. So already it's kind of like, mm, this guy's a... He's 15. He's just a kid, yeah. but yeah, he, there was something off about him. Mm-hmm. So after some time, they had realized that Jason was actually one of the last people to have seen Don alive. So then this kind of focused their suspicions a little bit more, and they decided to go through all the sexual crime convictions. And they discovered that Jason Gamash, the teenager had been convicted of a double assault in Nanaimo, where he had lived with his father, a double sexual assault. Wow. Yeah, and so he was given a suspended sentence and on the condition that he received therapy, and that was it, and then he moved to Courtney. So nobody knew that this child, this teenager had a history of sexual assault. And he's, like, our age now? Well, no, we were, we would have been eight, so he was Seven years older than us or eight years older than us, yeah. They decided to seize his clothing and his shoes to send away for testing, and Jason is sent with his mother to Victoria to take a polygraph test, which he passes. Hmm. So he ends up going back home after passing this test, and he's not a suspect because there's there's nothing, right? Evidence. Yeah, and so the police start to look at other pedophiles in the area. That line really got to me because it's like, other pedophiles in the area, like... How many are there out there? Oh, yeah. I think it's everywhere. way more than we ever... Oh, it there's just bothers like a, me. There's an app you can get now. That I think it's that. only in the States. In oh, Canada, really? that information isn't open to the oh, public. that's not okay. No. Police and Courtney decided to ask for, uh, ask for help from some of the seasoned detectives in Vancouver. And it didn't take long for these detectives to narrow in on Jason again. And this time, in an interview with Jason, he became very distraught. And he asked for his mom to come and be with him during this interview. He then tells a totally different story than the first time around, um, than when he had previously talked to the Courtney police. Mm-hmm. He, in a very disconnected and emotionless manner, Jason takes police through what happened to Donshaw that night and confesses to the rape and murder of this, this six-year-old girl. There's a video of him I watched um, where he actually reenacts the whole thing, and he takes these officers through it. He's like, this is where I laid her down. This is how I was holding her when we got here. This is, w- and it's literally emotional. It's like he's reading a story. Like it's, wow. He's not angry. He's not sad. He's not nothing. 
There's no emotion. It's so matter of fact. It's very odd. Whoa. So Jason Gamache, let's learn about him a little bit. He was born September 29th in 1976, Red Deer, Alberta. At two years old, his parents divorced, and they split custody of him and his brother. In 1986, Dale, his father, got sole custody, and he lived in Nanaimo. He was actually a recovering alcoholic and apparently was a very strict father. In 1990, uh, Jason apparently found a porno tape of his dad's, and after watching it, he became very obsessed with what was ever on that tape. I'm not going to really go into the details of that. So how old was he in 1990 then? 14. Yeah. 14. So apparently he became obsessed with oral sex. And while his dad was out of town, he invited two of these young children that lived in the neighborhood to come to his house. And I think he obviously tried to get the children to do something with him. And they declined. They didn't want to do it, obviously. And he let them go. So that, I mean, was good. But they immediately went home and told their parents. Um, So the the parents called the police. And this is where the the double sexual assault charge comes from. The judge in Nanaimo took pity on him uh, and gave him a very light sentence because I think it was his first encounter with this kind of a thing and he didn't, I don't think other than asking the kids or talking to them about something inappropriate, he didn't actually do anything physical with them, although I'm sure he would have. Right. So his sentence um, was that he would just go to therapy for sexual deviance but unfortunately there was nothing in an offered in Nanaimo at the time so there was something in Courtney and so that's when he was sent to live with his mom, and they went to Courtney. Okay. And she was living there. Yeah. yeah. And his brother stayed in Nanaimo with his dad. So because he was a minor, all this history did not follow him. Nobody knew about it, except for his mom. So my question is, why would, if you have custody of your son now, and you know this is his history, he's not supposed to be around children, would you move to a spot that's right beside an elementary school? No. And allow him to babysit all of the neighborhood children. No. All other people in the area that knew him before this knew Jason. Normal kid. He was friendly. He babysat for them. He played on the sports team. He was a likable enough guy. Basically, no one saw this coming. Right. On the night of October 24th, Jason's outside playing with the kids. Dawn is riding on his shoulders, and he takes her to the wooded area and rapes her. Her little brother started to call for her when it was dinner time. He hears this and he panics. He had just finished raping her and said that he didn't have time to warn her not to say anything. So instead of trying to tell her then, he just stomps on her till she's dead. Oh. He leaves her body there. He then goes and offers to help look after the other children while they search for her. Two months later is when... His shoes will be the what connects him physically to this case, to the crime scene. So Jason is sent to a detention center in Burnaby. His defense team decides, because he's already you know, admitted to this crime, that they would build a case saying that Jason suffers from a mental disorder known as multiple personality disorder. This is where Carl comes in. Now Carl is actually Jason's middle name. So he's Jason Carl Gamache. It claimed that Jason doesn't know who Carl is is but Carl is a part of him and Carl was there so Carl does anything that's bad that's Carl and Jason is fronting or present 90% of the time and he doesn't know what Carl does so it wasn't Jason that did this to Don Shaw but it was Carl so this is what his defense team kind of goes on that 
This wasn't something Jason knew he suffered from until a psychiatrist told, said he had it and right. he was started to be treated for it. Then he became aware of this other personality and that this was oh, a thing. Okay. Um, the jury felt that using this disorder was just a desperate attempt to avoid taking criminal responsibility for his actions. They found him guilty of first-degree murder after only three hours of deliberation. So that was on May, uh, March 29, 1994. Wow. On April 6, he received life imprisonment. That's what he was sentenced with by the judge. No parole Le- for 10 years. Life imprisonment as a child? Well, he was. He would have been 16. Crazy. February 3rd, 1997, he hung himself at Agassiz Penitentiary. He was 20 years old. So, kind of an abrupt ending there. So it is said that he hung himself, but they aren't sure that it was actually suicide. There was no note. He was he didn't seem to be suffering from depression, and other things I read said it was actually uh, autoerotic asphyxiation that killed him. So he wasn't intentionally going to try to kill himself. What is that for people that don't know? It is where um, the intentional restriction of oxygen to the brain for the purposes of sexual gratification. So, you like, yeah, you can figure that out on your own. Okay. Um... So a friend of mine went to school with him during this time. I guess they're the same age. They were in the same class. She said she arrived late to their sewing class one day, and so she was automatically partnered up with him because he didn't have a partner. And that day they were making aprons, and so he had to, like, measure her chest and different body parts. And this is well done. I guess they didn't know about it yet, um, who the murderer was. They had her body, but... Oh. He, yeah, he still attended he school. school. Yeah, because he wasn't a suspect at that time. Uh, and she remembers uh, the police coming to the school and taking him away. And then he returned, but he came back with no shoes. And this is, like, that's the memory she has. Whoa. Yeah. That's freaky. Yeah. Did she have a feeling? Nope. And I said, my go- like, him? after you found out, like, the truth of everything that happened, I said, like, how did that impact you? She's like, I, it didn't. Like, wow. the the school had counselors come for everybody to talk to, like, you know, to deal with this. And she's like, nobody really did it. Like, I don't know if it's because you're as a teenager, your brain's just in a different place. Like, as an adult now, as a mom, as I can put myself in, you know, the parents' shoes and the community's shoes and the neighbors and all the other, like, I, I can't imagine what that's like for them. But when you're a teenager, maybe you don't quite have that same ability Right, you're not there yet. You're still kind of in a more of a self-absorbed mm-hmm. mindset. Like, not that it's a bad thing. It's just where you are. Mm-hmm. And so she said it didn't really, it didn't seem weird at the time. But now, when she thinks about it, it's crazy. Wow. Yeah. That's so crazy. Oh man. Yeah. So another um, another person that knew Jason went to school with him wrote, Jason was in my friend group in junior high in high school. He once talked to me in grade 9 art class about his brother, Carl, who he claimed gave him a silver eagle pendant he wore. Later, I find out Carl was his second personality, not his brother. He was always odd and a follower and gave off creepy vibes. So glad he's not with us anymore. Whoa. Well, yeah. Yeah, he gave off creepy vibes, and obviously he talked about Carl, and this is in high school. That's a good story. It's a good story, but it just it feels awful. It does, yeah, but it those is. ones never, they never feel good. Messed but up. That's good to And it's definitely messed up that I don't think it should matter how old you are, but if you are a sexual predator, if you have done these things to other children, that it needs to follow you until... Absolutely. There's no way that that should have gone that way. Yeah, for there sure. There should have been more of a follow-up that when he was sent to Courtney to receive this therapy, 
that someone's job was to make sure he's actually going to this therapy and that he is not near little children Mm -hmm. or whatever seems to be their preference. Yeah. Yeah. So red flags that were ignored. Yeah. That was that was a thing. It's still a thing. Yeah, for sure. Should we take a break? Let's take a break. Ding, ding. Oh, smashy. Hi, it's Rebecca from Radio Face Stories. This week's shout out goes to Phillips Brewing. What did you call it? Oro Blanco? Oro Blanco. Oro Blanco. Oro Blanco. Yeah. And their labeling is just amazing. Whoever's doing the designs for Phillips Brewing, you guys need to contact us. Let's do a col- a collaboration. Let's do a beer collab. Yeah, let's we'll get talk Radio about Face beer. Oh let's get a Radio God. Face beer made by Phillips Brewing. How do we do that? Guys, email us. Give us the goods. Tell us what to do. If somebody knows of somebody that Some- knows of somebody that uncle works at Phillips Brewery. Yeah. I mean, Phillips Brewery. Somebody, somebody knows somebody. They're local. Yeah. No. They're, they're, well, the brewery's in Victoria. Yeah, it? dog. Okay. Somebody knows somebody who knows somebody that has an uncle that works at Phillips Brewery at least part-time. And can hook us up somehow. Hook us up. Let's get a Radio Face beer mm-hmm. made. Mm-hmm. I like it. I mean, we're just full of the best ideas. We're just ideas after ideas, guys. Got girls. Ladies. Fellas. Mm. Gents. Gents. Sirs. And spurs. So Darla just posted on her Instagram stories a picture of me. She looks so good right now. I thought it was very gross. I look like I have 60 chins. But then she was like, well, you posted one of me sleeping when I had 14 chins, so now we're even. So we just made a pact. That, that won't happen again. That, that won't happen again. We have to show each other the picture before we post it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so sip first. Sippy, 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 sippy. Let me Cleanse the palate. Mm-hmm. Cleanse the palate, swish it around, swallow it down. So, my story is on Andy Bruce and the death of Mary Steinhauser. Andy Bruce is a convicted murderer who was sentenced to life in prison in 1970. Um, he was a contract killer. Ooh. He um, got busted for shooting a young female victim even though he was identified by the victim's daughter who was there he all has always denied being the gunman so there isn't too much information about his date of birth and early life and the dates aren't there's not a lot of dates either but this this story takes place in the 70s so he was a survivor of a residential school and he had a very tragic upbringing including physical and sexual abuse so he was off to a bit of a rough start he was 20 at the time of this murder and he was hired for this killing over an ounce of heroin which seems ridiculous when you're a drug dealer you gotta like if you let someone take advantage that's a slippery slope well you gotta make okay your- how much is he getting paid to kill someone over a friggin' ounce of heroin. Like, that's really, true. You know, at the age of 20. So maybe he's just stoked on getting to kill someone for a reason? Well, maybe... They, uh, well, obviously for money, but, like, how much are you paying someone? You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. A 20-year-old kid to commit that... I don't know. Probably not a lot. Not exactly. So, but prior to this incident, he was already convicted of two bank robberies, car theft, and armed robbery at a grocery store. So he already had a bit of a rap sheet. He also had two indecent assault charges for sexual attacks on strangers. Gross. 
including a young woman who had her lip torn off. I'm sorry. Her he he ripped her lip off. He torn off her lip. Okay, so now he's in prison, but that didn't stop him from doing more crimes. He continued to rack up convictions inside his cell. I don't know how you do that, but he did it. So (laughs) he done did it. He done done did it. He got charges of armed robbery, attempted murder, and attempted extortion. While he was in prison? Yeah. How do you you arm robbery? Maybe he did it before, but he's only getting... He's getting convicted while he's in prison. In the 1970s, he was described as one of the most dangerous inmates within the prison system in British Columbia. So he was at the BC Penitentiary, which was in New Westminster. He was involved in several prison escape attempts and five hostage takings. He had stabbed a guard during a 1972 escape attempt and held three guards hostage in 1973. He's just a bit of an asshole, really. He is a bit of an asshole. Up to no good. On another occasion, he and a couple other inmates took two guards hostage. The prison decided to strike a deal to let the hostages go if these guys, this is what they wanted. They wanted an interview with a reporter and photos taken. And when the story made it to print, the standoff ended, which is weird. They just wanted to be in the paper and, like, tell a story. And, like, what was their message? I don't know. Like, was it for better treatment in the prison? Like, was there a good reason or were they just being obnoxious? (sighs) I wish I knew, but I think he just wanted to be in the paper for whatever. So one of the most famous escape attempts in BC is this next story. So on June 9th, 1975, Bruce, age 26, along with two other inmates, Claire Wilson, age 25, and it says Douglas or Dwight was his name. Is Dwight Two separate articles. So Bruce... Claire Wilson and Douglas Lucas, who was 20, they made an unsuccessful attempt to escape from the prison and took 15 hostages. So uh, there wasn't, again, much information about, like, who these hostages were, but... um, Like other inmates? No, they weren't inmates. I think they were, like, staff, maybe guards. Um, So one lady, Mary Steinhauser, was a Canadian social worker and prison classification officer. She was one of the hostages. And I think that they had scheduled interviews around the same time, these inmates, so they kind of weren't in their cells. Like, they had kind of planned the whole thing. Hmm. So she had volunteered to be the principal hostage, and she was held at knife point. And being the principal hostage meant she was held in a room outside of the vault area where all the other hostages were kept. So they were on this vault, but she was outside of it. And she volunteered, like, as yeah. a way to protect them? I think so. Nice. Yeah. So these were their demands. They wanted medical examinations for all of them, access to hot and cold water in isolation cells, and they wanted their recreation and yard privileges back. So I think they were in solitary confinement. And funny enough, Mary was an advocate against this. Oh. Yeah. Oh, of them being of in them, com- I of, see. Of the whole idea of solitary confinement. Right. So she's she was, on their, that, maybe that's why she volunteered. Yeah. Like she's kind of on their side and wants to, to make this go smoothly. Mm-hmm. And so this is also why they- She didn't believe it was a good, no. good, good thing in the prison. They also demanded a safe exit of the country. So, you know, they wanted- they wanted to get out, and they were, had a plan, and this is what they wanted. 
So this um, hostage situation standoff lasted for 41 hours. Yikes. The hostages were kept in the penitentiary's vault, with the exception of Mary. At around 1 a.m. on June 11th, one of the hostages tried to overpower the inmates in hopes of escaping. The other hostages, except Mary, locked themselves in the vault. And shortly afterwards, a tactical squad of prison officers attempted to rescue the hostages and fired upon the inmates. Bruce grabbed Mary and used her as a human shield, Mm. and she was fatally shot. Police Chief Rod Curry initially informed reporters that prior to the shooting, Mary had been stabbed by the inmates, as reported by other hostages. That was a lie. Hmm. So they they were trying to make it seem like... Like she was already dead or something, Mm -hmm. right? Because they messed up, but... That was false. She died from two gunshot wounds. In January 1976, Bruce appeared in court where he gave his account of the hostage takeover situation. He claimed he was shot twice in the jaw by the prison guard and Mary crawled in front of him and screamed, don't shoot him. And then the guard shot and killed her. But that's not what happened. Oh, no. He was shot twice but survived, but he did grab her and use her as a shield. She didn't willingly stand in front no. of him, right? That was the real story. This poor lady. I know. He was granted parole on condition that he attended psychological counseling and abstained from drugs and alcohol. Like, I don't know how he's doing drugs and alcohol in prison. There's always alcohol or drugs in prison, sorry. They always find a way. I don't know. There's freaking dirty guards and there's people that sneak shit in and there's yeah. corruption everywhere. Everything's a scam. It's all a scam. God damn it. So the parole board's decision noted that he had made significant changes to his attitude and behavior in recent years. So despite the sexual nature of some of his past crimes, psychologists agreed that it wasn't necessary for him to participate in, in programs related to sexual violence. And in 2010, full parole was granted, hmm. and he was released. So he gets out, and um, but on conditions, you know, no drugs and alcohol, and he's got he's got a lot of strict rules here. So that was 2010. So in 2016, six years later, 46 years after he murdered the woman initially, he was back behind bars. Now 68 years old. He was arrested after witnesses reported seeing him masturbating at a bus stop near Broadway and Kingsway oh, in Vancouver. He's a creepy old dude. Yeah. What the fuck? When confronted by police, he pulled out a can of pepper spray and <laughs> flailed it around. <laughs> Not finished. And even though he didn't use it, he was still charged. He was charged with indecent exposure, but also with assault with a weapon and possession of a weapon. Even though he didn't use it as a weapon. But... He threatened to. He threatened to. I I tried to see if he's still alive, if he's in prison. Like, there really isn't a very great ending to the story. No no happy ending? Just the fact that (laughs) he's just, he just got arrested again for being a perv. Mm. Um, But in Mary's case, a bursary was opened in Mary Steinhauser's name at Simon Fraser University for a Simon Fraser University Aboriginal undergraduate for students in arts and social sciences. That's very cool. Which I thought was really cool. That is, I think that makes the awesome ending. Yes. Nice. That is my story, and my sources are Wikipedia and the Vancouver Sun 
article from December 19th, 2016. Well done, my friend. That Thank was a really you. cool story. Was it? Oh, yeah. Awesome. Okay, do you have any um, anything to end on? Um, nope, I think I'm good. What are you going to do with your one last day off oh, before you, you guys start? say it like that. Before you start work again. Well, I'm going to do everything that I've put off for the last 13 days because I've had 14 days off. But you've done lots of fun stuff. I've done some cool stuff, but nothing that I should have done, like so laundry and... Oh. You just spend all day tomorrow doing laundry? <laughs> I don't know. I probably should. I was thinking that instead of every time in the evenings when I'd like to have a drink, like a glass of wine, instead of doing having the glass of wine, I should do a load of laundry. And then I feel and then like... you can have a glass of wine. No, no, no. Just skip the wine altogether and just straight up do a load of... If I did a load of laundry for every glass of wine I craved... I would never have laundry. I would be cleaning clean clothes. I would be ahead of the game. And I think that's a real healthy uh, step to take. It's in the right direction. That's, a, that's good, yeah. I'm one of those people that can have a glass of wine and do laundry. Well, I'm not maybe... As, you can't do that? Well, I mean, I would have the glass of wine. I'd consider the laundry. But you probably would I would have another glass of wine mm. and probably not do the laundry. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, guys. Um... Send us your comments. Send us your info. Send us your emails. Tell us. And I'm going to tell you guys that we've only had one person reach out for swag, and that person's getting hooked the fuck up. Where are you guys? Well, okay, to be fair, we don't really have any swag yet. <laughs> you just blew it. We will get it, though. So we are, we're, swag's coming, guys. We've got, we've got, a, we've got a clothing company, Screef. They're going to be making some swag. Yes. I don't know if you've heard of them. We've got, we've got, um, we got designers making, we're getting logos. We're going to we get theme stickers. Songs. We're having a collab. We have people, podcast. people making us theme songs. Oh, man. We have, we have Phillips Brewery. They're making us a beer. We just found that out. <laughs> We've well, got. They don't know yet. We've. They're Jesus, gonna find out. We've got Jesus candles. We are supported coming. by Jesus. We should. <gasps> we need, need Jesus, Jesus candles. candles. Oh my god. Oh my god. So we need, we need to end this so we can go work on that. Right okay. Now. Let's go work. Let's say it together. Let's, Let's go, go work, work on, on that Jesus right now. Candles. Whoops. <laughs> okay. Good night, everybody. Good night. Love you. Bye. Bye.